Hey, 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 this is Sean from the Never Heard of It podcast. We've got a slight change of schedule today. Uh, if you've been playing along at home, you know we were supposed to talk about the 2007 Belgian film X Drummer. We're still going to get to that, hopefully. But instead, what happened is Craig and I actually ended up being guests on another podcast. It was a very cool time, and we're definitely going to keep you posted on that. That episode should drop in a couple weeks, and we'll have the big announcement around that time. But in the meantime, what we thought we would do this episode is take you back to the actual first episode that Craig and I ever recorded. We didn't release it because we were still on the fence about what we wanted to do with spoilers. And if you've seen this movie, you know that there's so much that could possibly be spoiled. If you haven't seen it, you're in for a treat. This is a completely spoiler-free episode for the most part. And we talk about the 2013 German film Wetlands. You got to see this thing. It, it's crazy from start to finish. And it stars Carly Yuri, who's going to be in the Blade Runner sequel, as we've mentioned before. And man, she's fantastic. So sit back, enjoy this long lost classic episode, if you will, and have fun poking at the awkwardness of Craig and I getting our sea legs. So enjoy, and we'll be back next time with a mini episode, and we'll pick up X Drummer again in the near, near future. All right. Hey, you're listening to the Never Heard of It podcast. I'm Sean Harwell. And I'm Craig Moorhead. And this is the podcast where we try and, uh, you know, we try and catch the movies that have fallen through our cracks. That's right. And Craig and I, between us, we both work in movies, TV. We have IMDb pages. We have degrees. We have our antennas up. We're listening. We find about movies every day. We hear about them all day long. And yet there's stuff that we still can't see, never even heard of. We want to catch up on things that we miss, stuff that's good, stuff that's bad, stuff that's crazy, stuff that's weird. And we'd love your help in doing that. Uh, hit us up on Twitter. You can follow us at Never Podcast. Uh, send us a suggestion, you know, if it's a movie that you think we should be watching Indie, foreign, classic, straight to video, you name it. Have fun with it. Let us know. We want to hear about it. So this is the first week, and uh, this week's movie is Wetlands. Craig, mm -hmm. I asked you last week, hey, have you seen Wetlands? And you said, never heard of it, Sean. <sighs> but that didn't stop you, did it, from taking a stab at guessing what this movie is about. And you did this just based on the title, didn't you? So I would love to hear your synopsis right now, Craig. All right. The first thing I thought was, that it's going to be something like uh, Beasts of the Southern Wild. For whatever reason, mm -hmm. this is what was in my head. It said wetlands. I figured there are swamps. And then at some point, you mentioned that it was super graphic. And of course, I thought graphic nudity. <laughs> so then, so then that, that got kind of gross, like that idea for a second. Right. And then I thought, well, maybe it's just people having sex in a swamp. So people having sex in a swamp is pretty much where I was at. Uh, going into this movie. That is not correct. Let me read you an official synopsis uh, written by a user at IMDb who nailed it. Uh, Wetlands is a story of the eccentric 18-year-old Helen who narrates the story of her life, including stories about her preferred sexual practices that involve vegetables, her attitude towards hygiene, drugs, her best friend Karina, and her challenging childhood. The framed story takes place in a hospital where she is treated because of an anal fissure. During her stay, she plans to reunite her divorced parents and has uh, an interaction with the male nurse named Robin, which is a name I love, by the way. And this movie, let me tell you a little bit about why you haven't exactly heard of it. Uh, for starters, it is a German film, and it came out in 2013 over there. It played the Sundance Film Festival this past year in, uh, in 2014. It was picked up by Strand Releasing. 
got a uh, grand total release of about 10 theaters here in the U.S. and made a whopping $59,000. So not exactly something that you're going to see advertised uh, during the Super Bowl. And for good reason, because there's very little of this movie that you could actually show on TV. Now, one of the reasons I heard about it and it stuck with me was the poster has a quote on it from, I believe, BuzzFeed. And it says, <laughs> I know, I don't know if that's a good if, thing to have a quote Buzzfeed from BuzzFeed or not. It. Yeah. Well, I like this quote. It says, the most WTF NSF, I'm sorry, NSFW movie at this year's Sundance Film Festival. And uh, that's kind of all I needed to know. That I was sold on that. Now, we have a clip to go to from Wetlands, and just as a heads up, there's a bit of graphic language in this clip. Hygiene wird bei mir klein geschrieben. Die muss ich bloß nicht so viel waschen. Mein Ziel ist es, dass es leicht und betörend aus der Hose riecht. Das wird von Männern unbewusst wahrgenommen, weil wir ja alle Tiere sind, die sich paaren wollen. Wetlands was directed by David Venant, I believe is how you pronounce his last name. Probably got it wrong. He also did the adaptation of the book by Charlotte Roche, and the movie stars Carla Yuri as the lead role of Helen. Craig, you had never heard of this movie. That's true. What did you think of it? Having had no expectations and walking to a movie that starts kind of like a uh, like a bottle rocket. Yeah, it really does. Um, so I, I knew if I was going to get through the whole thing in time for this podcast, <laughs> that I was going to have to watch it with my wife, who is very selective in types of movies that she wants to watch. So, like, I really got to sell her on stuff if, I, if we want to watch it together, right? Now, so, when you say selective, yeah. would she normally select a movie like Wetlands? A foreign movie, uh, not uh, not necessarily. Not not to, she. It's it's. If the words anal Fisher are in the description, would she be on board? Well, I, I mean, it, it's it's strange. Um, <laughs> she she probably wouldn't be. Um, yeah, it, it probably would just sound uh, horrible. But by the same token, I knew like I, I, so. I watched the first couple minutes, right, just to get an idea of what it was going to be. Is it just going to be like just offensive in my face stuff the whole time? Or is there going to be like uh, somebody I, I can like? You know, basically, that's really all I need, especially for her. Like, I got to have this character I can like. And, and like that first shot is so perfect and like yes. sets set such a good tone. And, and I, watched, I watched the open up until the time that she sees the, the pube on the toilet seat. Okay. And I said, okay. Kyung's going to love this. <laughs> she will love this movie. <laughs> it's, it's funny and kind of gross. It reminded mm -hmm. me a lot of, uh, just because that opening, it reminded me a lot of train spotting. Yes. Which is just something we both like. And from what I understand is kind of a, an inspiration or a tonal inspiration anyway for the movie. But anyway, uh, so then we started watching it. And I mean, it, it immediately got very gross. Yes, uh, it does. And I mean, just viscerally gross. Like, I, I don't know about you, but uh, we were both physically cringing through a lot of the movie. And I think it's a big testament to the, the character of Helen and the actress playing her because she really pulled something off that was kind of amazing. I, I completely agree that it is a it is an utterly fearless performance in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. uh, she's throwing herself out there, body and soul and spirit. And, you know, we should just set it up a little bit to, you know, I don't want to spoil anything, but 
this is a girl who, you know, she has very sort of defined uh, definitions of what it means to keep her body clean. And this is based on her childhood and the stuff that her mother has been telling her. And so naturally, being the young woman that she is, she's sort of rebelling against a lot of this. And so you see her do about everything you could imagine a woman doing to her body without possibly getting a number of diseases. And so, yeah, there's a lot of stuff of, of just, you know, bad toilets and bad hygiene and all kinds of things that I, I'm glad that, that you watched this with your wife because I was curious about whether, you know, I, I'm curious if if women would respond to this movie and this character, whether or not it's, it's it, they would find her likable and whether or not, you know, they would even find it believable, I guess, is is something I was interested in. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, uh, taking the, the sample size of just my wife, she <laughs> seemed to respond to it really well. Uh, she was completely disgusted by most of it, which I think you're supposed to be. Um, oh, yes. You know, for, for a movie that deals as as much and as frankly about sex as this one does, and there's not a scene in here that's in the least bit titillating, at least to me. Like, any scene I could think of had some kind of undercurrent that was just, like, undercutting whatever could actually make you feel like, like, oh, yeah, it's, you know, it's sexy time. So, <laughs> uh, Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disagree with you on that front. Really? And this is something that I wanted to get into a little yeah. bit about because – uh, in a lot of ways, you could call this movie uh, something that would fit into the category of body horror. Um, sure. There's a little bit of uh, self-mutilation might be a strong way of, of describing it. But there, there's some stuff that this, this girl does knowing that the results could be painful and certainly undesired by most people. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet there's a scene, you know, again, I, I don't want to spoil it, but it was in the description of... Helen taking a bath with some vegetables oh, okay. that I actually found, you know what? That was kind of erotic, I thought. And then in addition, there's a scene where uh, this character, Canel, who was a former co-worker in what looks like some sort of meat locker or something. <laughs> it was a very small scene. But uh, Helen goes to this guy's place and he ends up shaving basically her pubic region now uh, it seems like this whole scene is is leading towards sex and yet that's not exactly where it goes and to me that was by far i think the most sort of titillating scene of this movie and yet it is odd because again it doesn't always end in sort of sexual gratification i think for either one of them in the way that you expect it in fact i think there's only one real sex scene in this movie and that's very very early on with the guy that she sort of sees at a food stand right 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 and uh, so that's what I thought was interesting. It was like, it, this is a movie that's dealing with sexuality. It's dealing with sort of, it's very much shock cinema. And so it's it's putting the body parts right in your face. And yet it's not, I don't want to say it's not sexy, but I certainly don't want to say it is sexy, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I'll, I'll agree with you uh, on, on that shaving scene. That is true. That was kind of a rare moment that didn't, that just didn't feel undercut by something gross. Basically. Right, like everything else. I mean, th- like there's a lot, there's a lot of nudity, and there's a lot of, uh, of just. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of sexual play and and that kind of stuff. But it's, it always seems to be framed in a way that's not necessarily pleasant. Um, For sure, yeah. and I, I actually, you know, trying to think of other comparisons, Train Spotting immediately jumped to mind uh, because of some of the scenes you're describing with the toilets, and, and you know, a couple of these things very, very early on. There's a heavy use of narration, which is also a little similar. Mm-hmm. 
But you know, I, I, a guy like John Waters also kind of crossed my mind. If you go into this expecting hairspray, you're going to be completely disappointed because again, it's, it's not at all tonally the same. Right. And yet it, there is that sort of uh, assaultive nature on taste, I think, uh, that, that yeah. you know, Vinit is certainly uh, is testing a little bit. But I want to talk a little about the structure and the actual storytelling because you know, as gross and as, as shocking as this movie wants to be, I still felt like there there's quite a a lot of heart to this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it deals with some very complex themes of grief and being a child of divorce mm-hmm. and there's jealousy, immaturity, um, naivete. Uh, there's just a lot of different layers to this movie. In fact, there's a bit of a kitchen sink feeling to it for me, where maybe he's taking on too much. And that, I think, gets a little bit into the structure of it and how it's told. It is a frame device, but good God, there's there's so many diversions in this movie. Um, you know, it, it goes from this girl at a very young age. There's there's quite a bit of flashback to, I think, when she's probably around 10 years old. And actually, this is just a general question for you, Craig. Mm-hmm. How old is Helen? I, I wasn't quite sure. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we uh, my wife and I had the same conversation during the movie and... Uh, we put her either at the end of high school or possibly in college, basing that only on the fact that she went to a classroom at some point, it seemed like. There is one scene where she goes to a classroom, <clears throat> and yet it it feels like high school and at the same time it doesn't look like high school. Like, right. It, yeah. But but still, yeah, the way, uh, the way it looked, I haven't been to a lot of German schools, but the way it looked, it definitely felt more like high school. <laughs> right. Uh, and yet... It seems to suggest that by the fact simply that Helen lives with her mother um, right. and, you know, she is a child at home. And yet, I, certainly this actress is not 17. Uh, you know, uh, we're right. not dealing with, uh, with with underage nudity here. Yeah, um, not yet. But, uh, you know, I, I think um, that was one of the questions I had. And there, there's a few things that get a little lost, I, I think, because of the way it, it's, it's structured. Um, and some of that is, is just is figuring out exactly she makes the case that a lot of her body image issues have to do with the fact that her mother told her as a very young child to, to always keep her body clean. Like, you know, anything foreign is dirty. And I'm sure she meant, you know, anything male mm-hmm. you know, entering your vagina is completely dirty. And so Helen rebels against that. And yet, was that enough for you to justify everything that followed? Because for me, I, I you know, I, I kind of needed to be reminded of that, like halfway through the movie that like, you know what, this girl's got way more problems than just the fact that her mom was a neat freak and had OCD, you know? I feel like her being sort of anti-hygienic was her way of, of having that superficial rebellion. Like that's a, a rebellion she's totally conscious of. It's like her, her mom likes stuff clean. She doesn't, you know, she's just really rebelling against her mom in that way. And I think kind of the rest of the stuff, you know, certainly the the divorce and the way that uh, would affect a kid. There's a lot of, of that kind of coming out, which which makes sense. You know, you're going to deal with that kind of stuff in a lot of different ways. I don't know if you're going to end up dealing with it the way that she ends up dealing with it necessarily. But at the same time, I still believed all the decisions that her character was making and all that stuff. Yes. But then, uh, and I don't know if this is really a part of your question, but I do feel like where all of that ends up. And actually you just kind of said this where all of that ends up just felt like a step too far. 
it just felt like like we just stepped over the line <laughs> straight into melodrama. And and while it was like a really arresting moment, like you know, afterwards I was kind of like, you really didn't need to go that far. I mean, honestly, yes. just some of her reactions to her own parents was enough. Honestly, for me, it was just like that's she wants her parents to be together. She wants to feel safe as a kid that way. That's that's a part of your safety in, in your life, and, and it's just something you have to deal with. Like, you don't have to go quite as far as as this particular story did. It it felt like I think so. I, I see your point. I kind of liked that we finally got a real concrete vision uh via one of the flashbacks of what exactly her mother did um and again i don't want to spoil this but uh, there's a very specific scene that kind of lets you know why the marriage fell apart completely finally and why you know helen could never possibly look at her mother again the same um and it's completely understandable it is very melodramatic um in a, in a way I, I didn't mind that again because it, it felt like it was sort of answering a question that was lingering in my head a little bit. Now, to me, uh, the other thing that kind of bothered me on the same thing of, as what you're talking about was the fact that I got sort of a romantic kind of comedy vibe by the very end of this movie. You know, it, mm-hmm. it, in a way, like as strong of, I mean, my God, like, you know, you, you we talk about having good roles for, for, for women actors. I think this is a fantastic one in the sense that she's not playing a woman you've ever seen before, and there's no apology about it. Yeah. Uh, that and once said, you've seen it, you'll never forget that you saw that. You'll, you'll never forget her. Ever, ever, ever. Yeah. And I, I cannot wait to see what else this actress does. By the way, she kind of looks like a young Jessica Lange in this movie. That's what I kept yeah. thinking about. It was a little weird. But uh, there's a, a, a slightly romantic subplot in this movie, and it doesn't dominate, but it, it kind of ends up you know, in that arena that to me, I don't know, it didn't quite work. There's a freeze frame at the very end that didn't quite work for me. Um, but, you know, I, I have to say, like, I, I tip my hat to this director completely just by, you know, I would so much rather see a movie like this that tries a million different things and, you know, gets three of them 75% right. And mm-hmm. then just trying two dumb things and, and not getting either one of those right, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, totally agreed. And, and just, uh, uh, I mean, obviously he had a text to go by, so it wasn't, you know, necessarily something where he had to, uh, pick or choose, but at the same time, if, yeah, certainly if this was a movie made here by a studio, there's a lot of stuff wouldn't be in that movie. Impossible. Um, And since you bring up text, I want to ask you about, how did you like the narration? Because, you know, voiceover, in my opinion, it's a bit of a bad rap, um, but it's completely throughout this movie. What was your take on that? Uh, well, first of all, it being a, a foreign movie, it's like I, I feel like you, you forgive a lot of stuff just because completely. it's spoken in a different language. I was going to say the exact same thing. I mean, no, it, it, it right. didn't. It certainly didn't bother me. Um, I think I think it it told the story well. To be honest, the only VO I really remember is from the very beginning, and uh, and I'm sure there's more, but I don't I don't think of it as being throughout because especially when she's in the hospital but i guess that's the point when once she's in the hospital we've caught up with her or something a little bit i mean but there's there's there are flashbacks from that point for sure right. i think some of those did have narration if i remember correctly but yeah. uh when you when uh you brought up the very beginning and 
I, I don't is that a tip of the hat to Goodfellas? Because there is a line, uh, I think the movie starts with, uh, as long as I've always remembered, I've had hemorrhoids or something yeah. to that effect. And uh, it's, it's a great opening line, whether or not it's, uh, you know, a shout out to, to Goodfellas or not. It's got to be, right? I, I be. think it is. But then that's one of those things where I kind of feel like, well, if that's a shout out to Goodfellas, I, I don't understand any other connection at, at <laughs> There's all. There's none. Uh, yeah. So there it, it's none. like it's like not it's not pointed enough of a reference. So it's kind of like all right, that was a that was a number of years ago. But but hey, <laughs> right. again, uh, it's a great opening line, no matter what. So yeah, if they if he stole it from Goodfellas, good for him. Well, let's talk about some of the other characters in this movie because, uh, again, you know, uh, Helen is, is certainly the definitive presence in this movie. It's just such an overpowering kind of uh, just vibe to her. You can't take your eyes off of this character. And yet, man, uh, her best friend, Corinna, just cracked me up to no end. I loved every little scene with her. There's a scene where she's dating a, uh, a dude in a, who plays drums in like some heavy metal band, and it's hysterical. And um, yeah. I thought the father was great. I thought the mother was a really interesting actor. Um, the the male nurse I thought did a pretty good job. And you know, there's just there's a bunch of different characters that I think could have been surface level in a movie like this because the rest of what's going on in this thing through Helen's POV is so again is so strong as mm-hmm. far as demanding your attention that you probably could have slacked off a little bit on these people. But uh, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed watching them. What did you think? Oh. Uh, yep, I agree. Good. <laughs> well, let's, I, I want to uh, actually just, you know, since you are an editor, there was a scene that I, I noticed specifically that I thought was just put together really, really strongly. And that was when Helen is talking separately to her father in a swimming pool and her mother. Uh, I think they're watching either a school play or a church play with her little brother. And she's having a conversation uh, separately, obviously, with both of her parents and sort of devising this plan. And it's, I don't know, I thought the way they cut that together was pretty seamless. And, you know, and it's, there's a lot of like just strong glances. And I think the lighting was a little bit similar and very, mm-hmm. very blue. And, um, you know, this movie is filled with sequences like that. And there's a lot of... I call it like cataloging, you know, like in Rushmore where Max Fisher is talking about all the clubs that he's been in. And you see sort of one of them kind of go down the list. You check them off and you get one little brief shot. Yeah. There's quite a bit of that in this movie, too. Um, and in fact, I think that school sequence that we talk of was in, shot entirely with like still photos, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And so there's a bit, again, of that sort of like any device is at this director's disposal and he's going to use them by God. And uh I don't know, you know, I think sometimes making those decisions, it, it, it's ripe for criticism because you're drawing attention to the directing. I don't know. I, again, I, I think it's, this probably has something to do with the fact that it's a foreign film. I didn't care. I was totally yeah. on board. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the whole thing is is so, uh, I don't know, everything about it is trying to push boundaries. I mean, maybe it's about being in the spirit of, of Helen and just, you know, uh, rebelling a little bit. You know, it's not going to kind of settle. It doesn't really settle into any kind of a groove again until until she's kind of in the hospital and right. and, and a lot and, and it kind of starts to deal a little more seriously with with what's going on with her. Because up until then, she's she's a fun loving, rebellious teenager, it seems like like that's what it, that's what the story feels like. Right. You know, you can tell there are serious things going on with her, but for the most part, it's played for comedy. And and that's another thing, you know, speaking of undercutting any kind of eroticism or anything, there's a lot of undercutting of drama with humor or even some yes. of the more cringeworthy moments. 
like most of that is played for humor and and as it should be because you've already got you've already put people on edge yeah the when she got admitted to the hospital and it kind of lingered there for probably about i guess about 10 minutes you know she's being wheeled in on the gurney and she meets a nurse there's a scene in an elevator I kind of found myself longing to get out of there and get back to the, like what you're describing with this fun loving teenager. Mm -hmm. And then obviously as that progresses, you do come out of there and you do have different scenes and there's flashbacks again. You realize that, yeah, actually this is the meat of the movie right here is the fact that she's in this hospital with this horrible, (laughs) horrible condition that she's having surgery upon. And her whole reason for being there is that she sees it is this is her opportunity to get her parents to come back together, which is kind of simple and beautiful. And yet they turned it into something kind of completely complicated from that. But uh, I don't know. Did you ever, did you ever feel bored in this movie? I guess that's the most simple way to ask that. I, I can't say I felt bored. I mean, I mean, I, I got a little restless. It is a tough act to follow. Like the first, uh, I don't know if it was the first half of the movie or just the first third of the movie when she's just out in the world you know, being as disgusting as possible, but I definitely got a little restless uh, when we were in the hospital. Even with as much as what was going on, uh, I feel like the the story of her trying to get her parents back together, while while it definitely had some weight, it didn't necessarily capture me. Right. I don't know. I mean, I, I can't say it was ineffective at all because I mean, there one of the most emotionally heavy moments happens in that hospital, and it's a very simple, or at least for me anyway. But it was a very simple moment. So, you know, something built up to that. Right. And, you know, there's one of the funniest sequences in the movie I thought happened uh, as an extension of the hospital where I don't know if you remember when she orders a pizza. uh, And uh, (laughs) I was thinking, I was like, oh, man, that, you know. This is Saturday night when I'm watching it. That, that pizza and that beer looks really, really good. And then in the next sequence, I never wanted to touch a yeah. pizza again. And uh, you'll see why if you watch this movie. No, but I, I agree with you. I, I don't think the movie at all gets boring, but it is a very interesting decision to take a girl that's as active as Helen and then mm-hmm. contain her in a hospital for the bulk of the movie. Yeah. Um, on the one hand, yeah, I, I really applaud them for for taking that challenge. And on the other, it's uh, I, I wonder how much they had to kind of fight against that with the editing of the movie and constructing it and really getting the pacing right so that, you know, you did not just long to see this girl break out of this, you know, very bland institution right. and go crazy again. So it was, it was, it was an interesting thing. Um, well, and, and she, she like, yeah, she definitely wasn't going to do that because as you said, you know, it's it, this is her chance to get her parents back together. Which, which is apparently, you know, very important to her. And, uh, yeah, and I guess, honestly, uh, the thing I didn't even put it together until right now, necessarily, is all of her anti-hygiene stance led to that hospital in a way. So it's like all this rebellion, yeah, led, led her there. And then, you know, uh, like, for instance, did you buy the end of the very end of the movie? I don't know. And part of that, like, I think that's kind of what I was trying to get at a little bit with. Uh, the romantic angle that's played in the film with the male nurse uh, that comes into play pretty heavily in the end. And then obviously there's some resolution with the parents, but to me, what's interesting about that decision is that I, you know, it doesn't ever seem like, I don't think she's completely naive to the fact it's not like she's trying to have her parents get together in, in this hospital, knowing that, you know what, our daughter is in this really bad state. We should be by her side. And then, 
over the course of the night together, the old flames will rekindle and we'll be a happy married couple again and a happy family. I don't think that's an illusion that Helen is, is harboring in this instance. I think part of me wonders if she just wanted to get them together out of the love of watching their discomfort a little bit uh, as revenge possibly for, for what she's felt from having been separated by them. Uh, or I don't know exactly what, just to have a small moment where they had to look at each other again as humans and then she's on her way. Um, so I, I, I don't, I don't quite know what to make of the end of the film. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a question mark for me. And, and that's to say, it's not that I, again, didn't enjoy it. I, I don't know what the, what the better choice would be, but it, it did feel a little, uh, somewhat anticlimactic to me again, because of how heightened the rest of this movie is. Yeah. Well, I mean, because I was just going to say, you know, Robin never seemed to represent any kind of salvation for her or anything no. necessarily brand new to her. Um, she's He's just a boy that she thinks is cute, essentially, and she can flirt with while she's in this place. Yes. Uh, at I least that's how is. I felt. Yeah, and, and, and even more so. I, I mean, it seems like she's messing with him half the time. I mean, yeah. I don't quite know. Yeah, I, I think her, you know, part of the affection is just by sheer proximity. You know, I think right. so you're, you're stuck in a, in a hospital room and here's this dude who's like halfway cute and halfway interesting. Yeah, I'm going to talk to him because what yeah. else am I going to do yeah. while I uh, wait to move my bowels? Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. There's a, there's a couple of different little things there. I liked that character. I liked the millionaire. Yeah. I thought he was he was pretty fun and funny, and uh, you know, there's some interesting stuff with him. As far as a romantic thing between yeah. the two of them, mm, I don't know. I don't see a real f- future for either of them. Right. Uh, although there's there's a great line there at the very end uh, that that Robin has um, regarding their future sex life. Oh and, yeah. Uh, I don't know, but you know, we were talking about it now. I think this movie absolutely should have ended with Helen on the toilet in some capacity. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, yeah. right. Let's yeah. You, you, you her, would think so. Get her back on the john. Yeah. Um, these, these indie comedies that sort of, you know, this is a very specific type where it's pushing the envelope and that's half the reason it exists and half, if not more than half of the joy of it. Would this have worked better as a simple comedy? Is that just impossible in independent <laughs> films? You know, it seems like there's, a bit of a requirement to have this dramatic uh, element um, that, you know, sometimes doesn't quite hit the mark as well as the jokes do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and uh, I wonder if that has something to do with, I don't know. I feel like if you, if you pulled a lot of uh, indie writer directors, you'd find out that a lot of the stuff they write is, you know, 50% of it is autobiographical. So even if they got mm-hmm. lots of rollicking jokes, they're still going to throw in the stuff about, they're divorced parents, you know, and, and there's going to be right. like, you know what I mean? So like they sort of can't resist to tell, to kind of throw the, the maudlin in there. I mean, it is, it, it's hard to, it's hard to um, recall an indie, just straight comedy that's, that's just being played for laughs. Um, I mean, I can think of a few right off the bat, but I yeah, I, I, I feel like for the, the for most of the time, or, or I wonder if it's something about kind of, I don't know, showing your chops a little bit and just trying to spread the genre around or something. I don't know. Well, I should say I I love dramedies. You know, I I, I really enjoy them. I prefer a comedy to have some sort of like grounded, um, you know, significance to it. as something other than just something that you laugh at and forget. Uh, 
But that said, I think one of the, the major hurdles is casting. Uh, it is hard to find that sort of comedic presence that can carry a, a film that's just comedic, I think. Mm -hmm. You know, I think those guys are few and far between, specifically if they're coming out of nowhere, if they don't have some sort of TV background, you know. Um, I recently watched Obvious Child with Jenny Slate, mm -hmm. and that was a really interesting movie. She's fantastic in it. It was another one where, again, the, like the, the emotional side of it didn't quite work as well for me as a comedic side. But um, I don't know. It's an interesting thing. I think, yeah, it, it's one of those, those areas of, you know, the festival world where, for whatever reason, you just don't, yeah, you don't hear about a real pure comedy coming out of that that environment yeah. and uh maybe that's a good thing maybe it's not i don't know but i'm glad wetlands exists yeah no me too um actually the, the the number one example i can come up with is is foot fist way honestly that's one that crossed my mind too napoleon dynamite maybe a little bit i mean but that's sure. such a it's such an odd bird anyway um but i do think jared has is. is kind of you know yeah he he hits those notes and you know even wes anderson at times doesn't quite play up you know, uh, this sort of sentimental side or any sort of like huge emotional. Right. Arc. Bottle Rocket was not a super. Well, for sure. Did have. But yeah, but it certainly wasn't. It certainly didn't go to the, the depths of Royal Tenenbaums, for instance. Right. Um, which is yeah, still a terrific movie. But you're right. You have to have. It, it is kind of all about the casting. If you don't have somebody who is just able to be funny and do something that that is doesn't feel like a knockoff of a bunch of other people then yeah you you probably shouldn't put all the focus on just just comedy <laughs> yeah it's, <tough. laughs> it's it's hard to do i guess yeah. um but kudos to the guys that can do comedy and drama well and even better if they can nail it in a single film and uh, I, i'm very very excited to see what this director does next and and yeah. maybe even more so this actress carla yuri i think she's fantastic she really is so let's yeah let's uh i don't know let's let's wrap it up here on, on wetlands and, right. and see craig what do you think uh, I get the sense that you would agree with me that this movie deserves to have a larger audience and people should have heard of it, right? Absolutely. I gave this uh, movie 8 out of 10 anal fissures. Anal fissures. Um, there we go. That's our rating system. That's a <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm not quite prepared to uh, to to rate it with with body parts, but I, I, would, <laughs> I would say don't let any sort of uh, of our discussion about how gross this movie is kind of completely steer you away because even with the grossness i gotta say like this movie kind of captures everything that's beautiful and disgusting about the human body yeah. you know there's there's none of it is is out of the realm of of possibility as far as what's what's shocking in this movie <laughs> i do think it's based in stuff that's real yeah. uh sadly and so you know yeah if, if you're married or if, if you've been with a partner long enough Hey, you know, you hear about it all and you see it all, uh, you know, so it, I think it, that is the crowning achievement of this movie for me to take away is, is God bless the human body. Um, yeah. it's a, it's an amazing thing in a lot of different ways. But yeah, the, the thing about this movie is, uh, it is, it's very like borderline offensive with how gross it is. It's, it's, it again causes a physical reaction in you, but the fact is all of that stuff is so rooted in this character that you like. I, I sort of admired how she had this control over her body and this sort I guess this interest in it in a way that she wasn't she wasn't afraid of it. You know, uh, even beyond that, I think uh, let's forget the character for a second. This mm -hmm. actress, just by doing this movie, knows her body better than I know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, so it's a lot of fun. I got to say, though, you know what? I didn't even realize 
what they were referring to with wetlands, the title until like today, which kind of makes me look like a four year old kid or something, I guess <laughs> that I'm just that naive. Like, uh, I think, uh, the book, another translation of the title was damp areas, which also a fantastic <laughs> title. Uh, uh it's good. just great. How about that? Uh, not to back up too far, but we're going to back up to the very beginning of the movie. The, uh, the blurb from, I guess, a letter to the editor of a, of a paper. I guess this person had heard they were going to make a movie out of this book. That person thought this book was obscene and, and basically wrote a letter to the paper saying this, this movie should never be made. It's, it's obscene and all that. Just based on that, that, that put me in the mood to watch the movie. That's, you like, know what, I'm glad was, that you brought this up because yeah. I missed some of that because of my stupid stereo receiver. When I turn the volume up, it shows a little thing on the screen, which of course is right where the subtitles were. <laughs> so uh, all I came away with was uh, the, the quote ends with, we need God, yeah. the phrase, we need God, which yeah. is obviously is a great way to start any movie. But uh, so yeah, I was looking up online. I was like, what is this quote from the Bible? Yeah. Uh, but that's, that's great. That's fantastic. I love yeah. that they did that. It's, it's uh, so like yeah, enough reason for it to exist right there. It's that people absolutely. thought it shouldn't. Yeah. So, so yeah. check out Wetlands. It is on Netflix streaming right now. Yes. Go get it. So I'm glad actually I mentioned the Bible because it's going to play a part into our next segment here, Craig. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was thinking like let's let's talk about what would make a good double feature for this movie because obviously uh-huh. Wetlands I think is a unique experience, and mm-hmm. so I asked you to think about okay, you're going to sit down and watch Wetlands. You're going to have this crazy ride. What do you want to put on after that? You did ask me that. Um, yeah, you know, the only <laughs> when when you asked me that, the first thing that popped into my head was something like train spotting. But then I realized that's a lot of that. Right. You know, like that's like if you if you if you want a palate cleanser, if you want to switch gears, train spotting is not going to be the way to drugs. go. Go to drugs. Yeah. <laughs> Just go to heroin addiction. <laughs> Let's put and you right back bed. in a in a toilet. Yeah. And then, um, but you know what? I'm going to go with. Uh, Zazie Don Le Metro, uh, a little French movie. The, the the moment I saw it, I totally fell in love with this. If you've never seen it, it's eminently rentable, and there's even a nice Criterion disc out for it, so you should definitely check it out. It's it's a crazy, hilarious French farce about this little girl in France. I'm not going to blow it for you. There's a bear involved and some firemen. Go for it. That's interesting that you brought that up. This isn't my pick, but I also thought of the movie Amelie when watching um, oh, yeah. when watching Wetlands a little bit, just because of uh, how strong the female presence is with that main character and a lot of the, the techniques and the various sort of cutting away to different characters and sort of getting a glimpse inside of these other people's lives while you're still getting it from the POV of, of this very main character. Uh, but my pick, actually, <laughs> I, I went a slightly different direction with this. And you know what? I'm going to go with... They just talked about it on the Oscars. It's 50 years old, The Sound of Music. And here's why. I have a daughter, and you know, <laughs> uh, she's only two years old. And after watching Wetlands, I was like, you know what? I need to, I need to be reminded that uh, it's possible for my daughter to grow up not being at all like <laughs> Helen. Even though, Helen, I love you. Uh, you're great. Uh, I, yeah, I, I don't want a daughter doing these things at all. <laughs> God help me if I ever get a call to go to the hospital for <laughs> anal fissure problems. I'm, I'm oh, just going to break down and die. And so I just, you know, that gives you a good dichotomy of uh, two different options for your child to grow up as. And two strong female role models uh, of very different sorts. I do like the fact we both 
ran screaming back to like worlds of innocence. <laughs> like, yes. yeah, okay, that's enough. <laughs> so, Sean. Yes. Let's talk about what we're doing for the next episode. I have a list of movies here. I'm just going to name them. And uh, you tell me if you've heard of them or not. Okay, I like this challenge. Okay. Hang on, let me let me close my eyes and get deep into my memory. Yeah, go into your um, okay. your memory palace. <laughs> I'm there. I'm okay. There. Uh, uh, Gone with the Wind. Uh, yes. Um, John dies at the end. Yes. Also, uh, spoiler. Yeah. Um, super. Yes, with Rain Wilson. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. No, no, no worries. I got plenty here. I got plenty. Knocking them out. Knocking them out. Let's mm-hmm. go. You are. Uh, let's go for uh, Holy Smoke. Greg? Yeah. Never heard of it. Oh! <laughs> Holy yes. smoke! Holy smoke! Holy smoke! That's a good title. I like that. Now, when you see the poster, you're going to recognize it. I'll, okay, I'll bet. I'm not going to look for the poster. I'm okay. gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna shut it down. Nobody talk to me between now and whenever we record this. Don't mention smoke. Don't mention anything biblical. <laughs> none of it. I'm shutting it down. That sounds good. So, uh, for for the listeners, you can find Holy Smoke on Netflix. Great. So please, uh, please find it. Please watch it and then join us back here while we blather about more movies next time. Sounds good, Craig. Check us out on Twitter. Uh, please subscribe to us on iTunes. That would be a very nice thing to do. You can rate us uh, anywhere you get your podcast. Check them out. Uh, but those iTunes subscriptions, ratings, that helps a lot. Thank you. Right on. Have a good one. See you next time. And outro music. Mm-hmm.